Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. From the headquarters of the Jameson Media Complex, broadcasting from the GreenIndustryPodcast.com studios, it's the Green Industry Podcast, where Paul and his guests discuss lawn and landscape business best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Paul Jameson. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. I am your host, Paul Jamison. This is episode 445, Mr. Producer, 446, something like that. I've lost track at like 15. (laughs) I remember back in the day, my goal was to have 100 podcast episodes, and it seemed like such a far-fetched goal. I mean, I, I really, in my heart, set out to make 100 episodes before I quit because I was like, if I only make 20 and it's a bust, then I'll just throw in the towel and I'll never know what could have been. And so I was like, I'm going to make 100 episodes the best that I can and we'll see what happens. And uh, by the time we hit that milestone, the show had already picked up some um, traction and accumulation. We already had sponsors on, you know, them initiating to us. They'd like to sponsor the show and the thing, the, the machine was starting to, to really take off. And then... Next thing you know, we're at 400 and something episodes, and I've had the opportunity to chat with a lot of industry leaders from lawn care maintenance to landscape professionals, hardscape professionals, and then also folks on the manufacturing side that are creating the equipment for us to operate uh, our businesses as efficient as possible, whether it's apps or actual outdoor power equipment, mowers, um, things of that nature. And so I really am enjoying uh, this role of getting to learn from the best. Plus, I have 11 years of experience running lawn care landscaping business. And so today, I want to share three tips for a successful lawn care business. And I'm kind of um, bringing together my personal experience with just being a listener to those I interview and, and learning from them. You guys comment how you enjoy the show you know, getting to listen in. Well, I enjoy it too, getting to listen as I interview others. I'm learning as well. It's it's really, uh, you know, some of these guys, you have to pay a lot of money to, to have them coach you. And uh, it's kind of like I get a free coaching session on these interviews and I know you get to listen in as well. So it's a win, win, win for everybody involved. And of course, Thank you to our show sponsors who make it all possible. Today's show sponsor is Company Cam. You guys can save up to an hour a day by syncing all your communication with your team with Company Cam. If you want to take a picture on the job and and then share that in the app and the other folks involved in your business, other job sites, it can all sync together with the app called Company Cam. If you want to try it for free, that's right, free, you can do so for 14 days, greenindustrypodcast.com slash company cam and get started with your free trial. Okay, let me give a quick disclaimer. (laughs) There's way more than three um, tips for a successful lawn care business. We could do like 100 tips for a successful lawn care business, but 
I'm actually fighting a little bit of a sore throat and three is about as much as I'm going to get out today sitting here drinking this water. I've drank so much water, Mr. Producer. Um, I can't wait to kick this thing and, and get uh, back to 100 and 100%, man. But anyway, long story short, <laughs> don't, don't be like, hey, you left one out. There's another tip. Of course there is. There's a lot of them. But these are three main ones that you really want to do a checklist uh, as I share these and make sure that you are on top of these three tips for a successful lawn care business. Number one, track your man hours. Recently, I was on Instagram. One of my favorite people to follow is a guy up in Indiana. His name is Andy Mulder. And uh, he's a friend of the show. Of course, he's been at the Hype House and I interviewed him there twice. And he runs a very successful debt-free business. He's actually debt-free completely. He paid off his mortgage, all that fancy equipment, machinery you see to operate Mulder Outdoor Services. It's all paid for. And I'm watching Andy's Instagram uh, post. I'm scrolling through the newsfeed and he posts a picture of a job that's just immaculate work. Uh, they did uh, the backyard and the whole property, just the landscaping there. And he said it was a 1,000 man hour project. And what impressed me about that is obviously Andy knows his numbers and he's tracking every man hour on every job. And I look at somebody who's built this business that financially has been able to provide for him to have this uh, comfy lifestyle with a, you know, a paid for house, a paid for business. And, um, everything's just kind of gravy at this point, the machine's running itself. And he didn't get there by accident. He got there with intentionality and really being diligent to know his numbers. And one of the ways that we do that is we have to start small with tracking our numbers. Even if you're just a basic lawn maintenance company and, and you only got two properties, you're just getting started, right? There's guys that listen into the show that have a full-time job and they're just starting with the first property and then maybe their second property on the weekend or after work. Well, we want to calculate what time did you arrive at the property and you, you got there and you turned the key out of the ignition or if you got one of those fancy cars with the button, right? You, you stop the car's engine and you're on the property now, you clock in. It's 8.13 a.m. or it's 4.44 p.m., whatever time it is. And then you do the maintenance. You mow the grass, you edge the sidewalk, the driveway, uh, around the garden beds, you, you lay down some nice stripes, you take the blower, you blow everything with a nice little finishing touch blowing, blow out the channel where you edged. It's looking spiffy. Then you go in your truck and you clock out. How many minutes were you on the property? And then if you had an employee with you, well, you multiply it by two because you had uh, all that time is double. Or if there's three guys and multiply by three to find out the man hours. You want to track that so you know this is how long that property took. And then the math gets a little bit more difficult, but it's very simple. If you look at our pricing matrix, which we actually, I'll talk about that later, but what happens is you take the price you're charging the customer, let's say for easy math, it's $60 is what you're charging the customer for their cut. And you got there, let's say at 9 a.m., you left at 10 a.m., and you did it by yourself. That was one hour of work. You charge $60 for the property. You earn $60 per man hour. Or let's say you charge $45. 
and it took you an hour. Well, now you're in trouble because you only made $45 for the hour and kind of a baseline. And this will change with inflation, but at least in 2021, as we are in the studio recording this episode, you want to bare minimum be making a dollar an hour. Pardon me, <laughs> Russo, long care if you're listening, a dollar a minute. So a dollar a minute, $60 a man hour, that's baseline. You want to shoot for better than average. But if you just want to hit the average, the industry average, folks are making $60 and charging $60 per man hour all day long for lawn maintenance. And you want to now track your numbers, not to necessarily compare yourself only to the market. You need to make sure it makes sense with all of your overhead that that $60 per man hour is sustainable for you to pay yourself the salary you want to pay your taxes and to have the money for all the operational expenses. But if you're not tracking your man hours, you'll never know. And I'm telling you what the Andy Molders do, what the Caleb Almonds do, what the major players in the Atlanta lawn care and landscape market do, the companies that are doing $15 million a year in revenue, they all track their numbers. Every single one of those companies know their man hour on each job. And so I say all that to say despise not small beginnings and to be a faithful steward in the small, even if you have eight properties, what time are you getting there? What time are you leaving? How many man hours did it take you to do that property? And then you're you're able to calculate what you're actually earning on that property. So a real quick plug for the pricing matrix, actually, because it's a simple way to type all this in, is we actually created a spreadsheet that you can type in the time you get into the property, the time you get off the pro, you know, done with the property, how many employees were there, and it will run all the math for you and show you what your man hours are. And then you just type in, uh, it does all the calculations for you, what time or pardon me, how much are you charging that customer? And it will show you exactly what you're earning per man hour. You don't have to do any of the math. Shout outs to Dr. Frank Holloman from Georgia Tech. He put all that together uh, for us. So all we have to do is plug and play, time in, time out, employees, what we're charging. And then it will show us all kind of information uh, about what um, we are earning per man hour. So number one tip for a successful lawn care business, and this goes under the category of knowing your numbers, is to track your man hours that there's like five more episodes I could follow up on that with about how that's going to affect your pricing and raising your rates and all of that. But start, I want to keep it simple. Track your man hours. I'm going to kick it over to you, Mr. Producer and drink about a gallon of water. (laughs) And uh, coming up, I'm going to share the other two tips for a successful lawn care business. The only app every landscaper needs. Company Cam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy to use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners, with galleries, and projects timelines all from your smartphone company cam the only app every landscaper needs check it out at companycam.com forward slash green or find it in your app store the link will also be in today's show notes hi friends paul here to share with you about the ever popular rate increase letter this is what everyone is raving about the rate increase letter 
is a solution for business owners who want to professionally communicate with their clients that their rate will soon be increasing. This downloadable template is easy to customize and provides clear messaging so that your customers understand the details of their transition to the new higher rate. The rate increase letter is available at greenindustrypodcast.com. Again, that's greenindustrypodcast.com. You're now listening to the Green Industry Podcast. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Okay, number two for our three tips for a successful lawn care business. Number one being track your man hours. Number two is get the professional equipment as fast as you can. And so I know a lot of guys are just starting out and maybe the finances aren't there to have all the best of the best. Well, my encouragement is to put a blueprint in place. What's the fastest legal way without going deep into debt to actually get professional equipment? Because what you don't want to be doing is out there with homeowner uh, quality equipment, or maybe it is professional equipment, but it's raggedy. It's old. It's not functioning properly. You want the best tools in your belt. And if you're in law maintenance, that's a lawnmower, that's a blower, that's a weed eater, a hedge trimmer, a blade edger. Uh, you guys know I like Echo, you know, the 2620 trimmer's good, uh, the PB9010 blower's good. Even if you get a PB770 blower, um, you know, I think it's 550 bucks versus the PB9010's more 600 bucks plus. Um, these things aren't cheap. It's 500, 600 bucks a pop for um, some of this, you know, the weed eaters you can get for 300 bucks. But you want to be using quality professional equipment as fast as you can. And so I know guys can fuss at me and be like, well, Paul, I don't have that kind of money. And I understand when I started, I didn't have that kind of money to, to go out and buy all this stuff. And thankfully, I, I had a friend, uh, I was a very fortunate situation who actually had a landscaping business the previous year. They transitioned to owning a nursery, never sold their equipment, and they let me use it. So I was super blessed to use. It was steel uh, equipment. It was really good. Um, blower, weed eater, the whole nine. And I was able to use professional equipment right out of the gate. And then I saved up, and then I bought my own BR600 blower. That, that was the best one you could get back in the day. And I bought my own weed eater and, and blade edger. And, and, and I got all the the... Uh, top quality equipment that I could in cash, no debt, bought it in cash. And so anyway, be um, just thinking, do you have to delete Netflix? Do you have to delete, um, you know, and get rid of some um, wasted expenses on lifestyle um, to scrape together the money, have a garage sale, sell something, do, do whatever you got to do to invest in quality equipment because the last thing you want to do is having a uh, issue with efficiency because you don't have good equipment. Now, let me say this on the flip side of that. Some people take that and, and they twist it and go to the extreme and they go into debt and go find out, well, how much of a loan can I get approved for and go out and buy a, you know, a mower that there's a little bit extravagant and spend, go on the spending spree and then all of it's sitting in the garage or in the shop and they're on the couch watching Netflix. And so there's something mentally, 
emotionally, I don't even know how to really explain it, but when you have to scrape and claw and work to go and buy that weed eater and cash or that mower and cash, it's just like, okay, I invested so much hard work and effort to get this. I better use it and have it be profitable for me. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just want to give a warning. What I'm not saying is go into a bunch of debt to get the fancy equipment, but you do want to have a plan, whether it's working overtime on your other job or selling stuff or uh, cutting back on lifestyle. There's ways to make it happen. A $300 weed eater or a, um, you know, $1,000 30 inch Toro, um, time master, or, you know, you're going to upgrade and get a $2,000 X mark mower. I know those aren't expensive, but there's ways legally we can really get creative to come up with that money so that we're not running on raggedy. We want to be running on professional equipment. And like Andy Darnell said last week on the program, go to your local dealer, even if you're brand new and just say, Hey guys, I'm just getting started. Um, what do you recommend here? You know, here's my budget or here's what I would like. Can you help me understand how much money I need to save up to get this, get professional equipment as fast as you can. Um, as professionals, we don't want to be using outdated equipment or homeowner equipment. Um, that, I mean, there's some uh, homeowner equipment that's kind of like a hybrid, like that 30 inch Toro time master, uh, not to contradict myself, that mower, that's a thousand dollar mower. And it will get you through a season. I, I like to buy those in the spring and then just run them through the summer, the fall, and then part it out for the next year and get an, get another one. Even though you, you know, I actually learned that from Greg Chisholm. He'd go to Lowe's and he'd buy a brand new mower every single year. And then he would just use that same mower all summer. And then the next year it would be for parts and he'd go get a new one. And that's, that's one way to do it. Obviously a commercial mower is going to last you multiple years. Um, so there's different ways to look at it. But what I mean by homeowner, you, you don't want to be picking up a $99 piece of equipment at a garage sale and running your business off of it, if that makes sense. You want quality equipment that's going to be getting the job done efficiently. Now, when you get into the $32,000 Toro Dingo and all the attachments and all that world, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But eventually, if you're going to get into landscaping and hardscaping, you're going to need to get expensive equipment that, that is going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. But if you're just getting started, it's not going to be more than five thousand, ten thousand bucks to get a quality setup with a really good weed eater, blower, hedge trimmer, blade edger, uh, trailer, and mower. You can get all of that for under 5,000 bucks. Of course, you can spend a little bit more and, um, you know, get a 48-inch deck or 60-inch deck. Just depends on how big your properties are and things of that nature. But whatever you got to do, cutting lifestyle, selling things, working overtime, do it to get the efficiency to, to maximum um, efficiency as fast as possible. You don't want to be wasting time using raggedy equipment. Number three. Tips for a successful lawn care business is to get current and stay current with the IRS. And so you guys have heard Caleb Allman's um, IRS story uh, when he was a kid contractor and he got super far behind uh, with the IRS. Uh, This is a very uh, common uh, business issue because when you're starting out, 
and you're used to having a W-2 and being an employee, they pay your taxes, right? You show up, let's say you made a thousand bucks a month and you go to get your paycheck and you're like, why did I get paid $673? And you look at all these line items. You're like, what's that? What's that? And it says minus, 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 and minus, minus, minus. And all you know is by the time the top thing and they take out all those taxes, you, you, you got like 60 or 70 or 80% of your pay, depending on your withholdings and, and all the other bells and whistles you have with your company. Well, when you own a business, you're, you know, when your customer pays you, that revenue goes into your bank and those banks and the IRS, they, they, they report together. And so the money that comes into the business, which I highly recommend doing everything legally, dotting your I's, crossing your T's, not just because that's the right thing to do, of course, but also that way you can know your numbers. You can have the true pulse of what your business is really doing. So even if a customer pays you in cash, don't slip it in your pocket and say, oh, I'm going to stick it to the man. No. Number one, that's illegal. And number two, you want to know, let's say a customer pays you $300 cash for whatever reason, put that into your business checking account so that you know your top line revenue is an honest, accurate, truthful number so that all your analytics and um reviewing your reports, they're, they're, they're true numbers. There's nothing that's missing because you, you know, had cash slide under the table. That's not the way to do it. So I, I digress to say with the IRS, you now are responsible to pay those taxes. Your company isn't paying it for you. You're the company, you're the business owner. And so some folks are going to say to set aside 25%. Some folks are going to say set apart 30% of every piece of revenue that comes in. If you get established with a good bookkeeper, uh, maybe you can really fine tune your specific numbers and 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 um, know the, the amount of either revenue or profit that you want to withhold. Uh, it's It varies whether you're in Australia, Canada, or United States and what your business does. So there's no specific number uh, a rule of thumb that's probably going to keep you pretty safe is 25 to 30% of your revenue. So for every $1,000 that comes into the business, if you take 250 or $300 of that and immediately transfer it into a tax account, then, and this is for the United States of America, four times a year when you go to pay your quarterly taxes, your estimated quarterly taxes, you should have the money in that savings account to go ahead and pay that in full. Now, at the end of the year, maybe you bought a whole bunch of uh, lawnmowers or trucks or things of that nature, and you had some write-offs, and there was a little bit of a over um, play there, and you'll get a little bit of money back at the end of the year. That's okay, but you don't want to be underpaying and be getting hit with penalties and fees. Uh, you want that quarterly tax account you want to be making sure money's in that account. And I know it's easier said than done uh, because most folks don't charge a high enough price and things are so tight that it's like, well, how in the world can I, where's this money coming from, Paul? You don't understand. Well, I do understand. More than likely, if you're having that conversation, the issue is we're not charging enough. Um, and that's a lot of the um, problem that this industry has is the prices are so low. I was actually talking with a friend the other day and um, they had a family member that owes the IRS $400,000 from their uh, landscaping business because they were running, you know, kind of, um, 
tight, robbing Peter to pay Paul, barely treading water. And there was no accounting for the taxes and they got themselves in an absolute mess. And so if that's your case, there's ways to clean the mess up. And then from that point on, always stay current with the IRS. And if you're a newbie and you you haven't had time to mess it all up, then right out of the gate, open that separate checking account or savings account at your local bank or credit union. And for every, you know, um, let's say a hundred or a thousand dollars that comes in, I'm just using easy math, take 25%, 30% of that revenue, transfer it into the tax account. And then depending on what country you live in, you have different tax laws, but here in the United States of America, it's quarterly taxes four times a year. And if you hire a Gulf Coast bookkeeping or a good bookkeeper and accountant, they're going to help you understand specifically what your payment is. But just knowing what your payment is, if you don't have the money to pay it, is only part of the battle. You have to actually have the backing. You have to actually have the funds to pay. And so that takes um, discipline, not overspending, um, but living on less than you make. And that charge, that um, comes into play of charging enough, having a high enough price so that you can set aside 30% for the IRS. You can still have enough money for all your overhead. Um, and then of course your salary. And so summary, track your man hours, get professional equipment in a legal way as fast as you can. And uh, stay current with the IRS. Be setting aside, friends, listen to me. Be setting aside 25 to 30% of your revenue until you get established with a good bookkeeper or accountant. Maybe, maybe you know, you got years under your belts of books and they'll give you a different direction uh, of a different number. That's fine. I'm just giving you a really rounded number that's going to be more safe. Um, but you want to be doing that. Every time money comes in or whatever your process is that there's being money transferred into that tax account uh, so you can stay current with the IRS. I really hope this helps. Uh, thank you to Company Cam for sponsoring today's episode. You guys can find out more about Company Cam of how it can sync the communication in your business. And you can actually try it for free for 14 days by visiting greenindustrypodcast.com slash company cam. Also, if you want to do a a one-on-one business coaching call with me where I dive into your business and we uh, really set some goals for the future and make sure your business is operating as efficiently and profitably as possible. I'd love to help you specifically on a one-on-one 60-minute business coaching call. Uh, Whatever you feel comfortable with, we can do the video Zoom call, we can do a phone call, and I'd love to help you out. Uh, You can sign up for it. We have some coaching call availability before we go on tour. Uh, You can sign up for a one-hour spot there at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. And uh, would love to help you in your business. Thanks for listening to today's show. And uh, you can find out more on all of our resources at greenindustrypodcast.com. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.